Hello, and welcome back to the Glossy Week in Review podcast. I'm your host, senior fashion reporter, Danny Parisi, and I'm here with Glossy's editor-in-chief, Jill Manoff. How are you, Jill? So good. How are you? I'm good, too, and I'm especially good because this is a special episode. We're talking about New York Fashion Week, and it's special also because the Week in Review podcast uh, episode started as a special recap of last September's New York Fashion Week. So that means it's officially been... Uh, one full fashion calendar year of Week in Review with me and you and sometimes other members of the Glossy team. Toot toot! Congrats! That's exciting! It is. It's been very fun, and I want to thank everybody listening for making it so successful and fun for us to do and and all those things. So thank you, Jill, for, for the idea to do this in the first place, and I have so much fun doing this with you every week. So let's talk about New York Fashion Week. You were here in New York for uh, a full week, I think. Tuesday and to Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. to Tuesday. We both went to a bunch of shows. Other members of the Glossy team went to shows too. We have lots of thoughts. Um, I just have a big list of various things to to talk about. But the first thing that kind of occurred to me when thinking about New York Fashion Week, and I wrote this in my Friday preview, which was, I think, our first thing on New York Fashion Week that went up on the site this season, was uh, last season in February, I had I had written something that was like, New York Fashion Week is like kind of back. Like it was back, but like a bunch of brands that normally show weren't there. It was a little bit muted. Like they actually had it unlike the previous seasons where there like was nothing going on, but it was it was just not, it wasn't fully back. And this time it felt much more like an actual New York Fashion Week. There was a lot of the brands that have not been there for a couple of seasons were actually there. That um, didn't feel quite as there, the COVID cases have not spiked crazily like right before and after like they did last time. Um, definitely felt like more of a, uh, not fully, fully back to pre-pandemic, but just like felt more normal, you know? What, did you did you feel that way? I did. Actually, I would say it felt like pre-pandemic. I think that there were mm-hmm. even, it was even more exciting, more lively than, more so than pre-pandemic. I don't know. I don't ever recall... Um, and maybe we, you and I have talked about it. Maybe I was just more like excited. We, anyway, we got invited to some great shows that maybe we haven't been invited to before. So anyway, it was a very yeah. exciting time. Um, but yeah, pre-pandemic feel like even in terms of mask incorporation by the attendees, like people weren't checking vaccine cards. People, for the most part, mm-hmm. I think I pulled it out once. Um, the the mask masks were not out. Some of the venues I went to, um, Maxwell Osborne's, um, mm-hmm. an an only child is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I was like, whoa, it was kind of cramped a, in a small space, and I was like, well, <laughs> we're we're away from that mode, I guess. And it felt fine. I wasn't I wasn't concerned, but I it was clear that like yeah, nobody was being really extra taking extra caution. Yeah, I I noticed that as well. And like the only like small trace of that were I felt like some of the venues that I went to, some of the shows I went to, they had like the doors open or something, or maybe it was slightly more spaced out maybe than it normally would have. But that was really the only kind of remnant. I don't know about you. I still wear my mask on the train um, because I feel like it's got terrible ventilation. But like when you're in sort of a big open space and I I don't know, you know, I I agree that I think a lot of those restrictions and also, like I said, I was checking the cases and like last year, right around the time of 
New York, or sorry, last season in February, yeah. right before New York Fashion Week, there was a huge spike in cases. There was like the Omicron wave and everything. It was like really put a damper on everything. And now like looking at New York specifically, but also just the U.S. in general, there has not been a huge spike of cases recently. So it just feels like it's kind of, it's been pretty flat and low for several months now. Um, so I'm sure that that helped a lot. Uh, there also were a lot of brands back for the first time in a couple season. Um, Fendi was there, Tommy Hilfiger, uh, Puma returned after several years, I think, and, and had a show. Um, and I, there were fewer sort of last minute changes. Like I remember, uh, couple of seasons ago, I went to an Imitation of Christ show and just like it was inside. And then like five seconds before it started, they were like change of plans we're doing outside. And it, it kind of felt like there was a little bit of that like last second scrambling, still dealing with different problems. And it just felt like some of those issues were not as present this season. Everything seemed very smooth of the shows that I went to anyway. Yeah. And in terms of it coming back, the only time I... It- I'm not sure if this was the reason I did. There was like a venue shakeup uh, for the Bevza show yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe for another, but the reason given for one of them was um, to accommodate attendees. Like I think that they maybe weren't anticipating as many RSVPs or something to that effect. Um, so that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, and and not as many. It really seemed like those that were outside, it was like the the venue, like Adam Lippes, Lippes was outside mm-hmm. by um, Brookfield, by like the seaport or the port. Anyway, port side. And it felt like it, that was the venue to best tell their story or the the location. It didn't feel like a lot of brands were intentionally going outside again to be precautious. Yeah. Something else we've talked about is the last couple seasons is the feeling that um, different designers in the shows are kind of spreading out. They're like doing before or after New York Fashion Week and they might not even do it in New York. Maybe they'll do it somewhere else. And and I feel like it's kind of been fragmenting and sort of like um, uh, distancing from the the calendar as like this one week as being like the central pillar. And this felt like a little bit, like I think that's still happening. I think brands are still more open to, we don't have to do a show this week. We could do a show in a couple of weeks or even a couple of months or something. And I do think that's still happening, but it definitely felt like some of that, there was a little bit more of a magnetic draw back towards New York. You know, some of the, some big names come back and that brings some other people back. And it just kind of felt like, I think this made a case that New York Fashion Week is not going to completely sort of dissolve into nothing. You know, there's still like, there's still an appetite for this central kind of centralized location and time. Yes, although decentralized in in that, like I was running around all week. Not a once did I go to Spring Studios. That is bizarre. Did you? Yes, I did not go to Spring Studios at all. And in previous years, I have I could go to Spring Studios for an entire day worth of shows. Like yeah. I would go to like three or four in the same place. Yeah, you're right. I did not go to I did not go to two shows at the same venue the whole the whole week. It's wild. Where and I I thought it was. Interesting. I did not intentionally stay around shows. I stayed in the financial district where was my where my hotel was based. And I walked to Kate Spade. I walked to Bevza. I walked to Adam Lippes. And they all, you know, just were, happened to be in that area, which, haha, <laughs> budding fashion week hub. Um, and also, like you said, everybody kind of coming or prioritizing this one week. Um, the number of meetings that I had with CEOs with 
um, from companies who were not even necessarily showing, um, obviously part of a market or something, or there's reason for them to be there. But, um, yeah, it was, it was felt like the fashion community definitely was, was swarming the city at this time. Yeah. And there was, there were some debuts as well, not just, um, you know, big brands coming back to New York Fashion Week. There was Koss showed at New York for the first time. I think Tia Adiola, that was her first show, right? I don't think so. No. Oh, but, it wasn't? Um, th- definitely changed up the, the I guess, presentation format. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, excited to see, to see how, what she How did. was that show, by the way? Because I didn't go, but I think you went, right? Yeah, so good. Uh, like a performance. A lot of the, the shows this season, which isn't really anything new but definitely it reminds me of the return to retail where it's like um, make it worth people's while give them an experience um, where there was a performance of sorts for that one it was more like dance um, and obviously Tommy Hilfiger had uh, Travis Barker playing the drums mm-hmm. um, we saw Vogue World Lil Nas X like doing mm-hmm. a performance. Anyway, a lot of performances happening, and it definitely yep. was something that got people talking. Um, I think it's it was smart. Yeah. Um, speaking of Tommy Hilfiger, there was also something I wanted to bring up was I think Tommy Hilfiger and Cos both had see now buy now shows, and I don't have like data to back this up, but I just vaguely felt like there were a few more of those those shows than than usual and i'm wondering if what your thoughts are on this like if the supply chain stuff makes see now buy now more appealing or less so because you're you can sell it right you can show it when you have it and just sell it right then and there rather than having to plan really far ahead and i don't know i i i can't decide how i feel if if see now buy now is more appealing or less i'm gonna have to ask ask around for that but what what do you think (laughs) Yeah, I think it's smart for the people who are able to pull it off. We hear, obviously, from the luxury brands, who I'm still sold on this. I don't think it's like they're copping out or it's an excuse that um, for certain price point items, you do need to kind of sit on it, kind of feel it out. You're you're not going to see something brand new and go out and spend thousands of dollars for it. You need to like Almost like like me when I make a big purchase, I have to think about it for 24 hours. <laughs> but yeah. like, you know, you kind of let something simmer and you decide you're obsessed with it and then you can go back in three months when it's available. I, I know we we're going to talk, maybe touch on NFTs. That was a part of yeah. um, brands marketing play around these shows. But I thought it was so, it was interesting um, way to go about it. I know Kalina Strada, um, we've talked to Hillary Taymor a lot, but um, they were providing NFTs uh, via their show notes. But anyway, the fact of the matter is the sh- the clothes on the runway, from what I'm understanding, were available in digital format, like for your a- avatar, like you could digital fashion the clothes from the runway um, so that you could, again, have them right away. That was the buy now, get now play, I would say. And then it was not a see now, buy now collection other than digital. Right. Well, I know that Hillary Tamor is very into like the the whole digital fashion stuff because I've talked to her about that before. Um, that's I mentioned this before the recording, but that's the one thing that I did not really pay too close attention to this season was like the various metaverse NFTs stuff. Um, did you did you notice anything else with with how they were doing that? You, I think you mentioned that you did not end up getting your NFT from <laughs> Kalina Strada, right? I'm very bitter. Um, no, I felt like. 
I wanted to say, wait, what? There were NFTs. They happened at Klinostrada again, read in our Zofia Zviglinska's story that she was off- they were offering that um, via show notes. And I threw away my show notes after I <laughs> read about what they were wearing. Um, and so I didn't get it. And then I also know, and I missed out on one at Tommy Hilfiger, apparently on, I saw them, do you call it, it's not screen printing, it's with paint. I'm not sure what that's called, but they were printing mm. out um, posters. It was all, um, it was Hilfiger Factory, I think was the name of the show. And it was all inspired by, um, Warhol and all of that. But anyway, they were printing out posters. I believe that the NFT was accessible via posters that you could Mm -hmm. either take or maybe just scan on the way out. Um, yeah, didn't get that one either. So anyway, they were doing it. It wasn't obvious or loud or proud. Um, I think that, I don't know in what way you call attention to the opportunity, but shoulda, coulda. It it definitely feels like, and this is also something we've talked about on this podcast before, but um, it feels like there was this huge craze for like NFT stuff last year. And I think people were like, everyone is going to be, in one year, everybody's going to be doing this and everyone's going to be so familiar with how it works. And I feel like it hit a little bit of a wall in terms of like just the average person's understanding of like, how to even like what even is an NFT, let alone like how to get one and what to do with it. You know, like I feel like I've read more about it than maybe the average person. And I still feel like it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. I I remember talking to Michelle Cordero Grant from Lively and she, and she's very like knowledgeable on it now, but she said it took like a solid, like several days of just of just like reading about it and like setting up her wallet and trying to understand like I feel like that stuff definitely has an accessibility problem you know for like the lay person who's maybe not super tuned into crypto stuff you know you're what I mean? so right yeah again if you read Zofia's story I think I'm talking about it and I think it goes live on Thursday but um something Rebecca Minkoff again NFTs the the play the original play from last season I think that it was like you had to get it while it was hot. You had to move fast. And the learning, was this your story? Anyway, the learning was um, that women or people are so new to NFTs that they need more time to set up their wallet to, anyway, to navigate it. You can't say, hey, I want that and go. Um, It's a process. So people missed out that wanted it. And um, the play was this season was giving people more time. And I don't, Mm -hmm. yeah, in some some shape or form. Yeah, yeah. Um, one other thing I want to talk about is um, I feel like this is a perennial thing at New York Fashion Week, but there was a lot of kind of social causes and activism and kind of like um, shows that were themed around various like quote unquote issues and stuff. Um, the notable one that I, I wrote about um, on the site is Imitation of Christ like had a they, I don't want to say like hosted, but they like participated in a protest um, that was with New York Community Communities for Change that was against like oil pipeline construction. And that was like part of their New York Fashion Week presence. They had a show too, but they also had this like demonstration that they like supported and they sent out an email to like all of their press list alongside their like invite to the show. There was like a separate invite to joined this protest and like Julia Salazar was there and Kristen Gonzalez was there. Um, that to me felt much more that, or that felt more kind of like concrete than just like 
uh, the show is like themed around inequality or something, you know, kind of vague. It was like a little bit more concrete, but there was, there was lots of interesting stuff for various causes, um, in that regard. And, and I feel like, again, a perennial thing, there's always talk about wanting the runways to be more diverse and have more representative models on the runway. Um, I feel like every year we talk about it and I still see like a lot of just very tall white women on the runway, but I don't know. I, I'm sure that it's, it's changed at least a little bit. Yeah. It's, it was funny. Different people, different brands take on that. Uh, first, first of all, on the protest part, I didn't feel like as though any of the shows I went to were doing maybe a, a cause or that I was attending in protest to something, but yeah. I did notice a lot of, um, include a lot of efforts toward inclusivity. Um, I, I talked in my briefing with one of the founders of Universal Standard who really does size inclusivity and is the authority in that space selling z- double zero to size 40. Anyway, and and had great things to say about the progress in the space in, in fashion. Um, but yeah, this season I made mention on my Instagram stories, Tibby was the most like, I almost like reference it as the counterpart to um, progress in, in terms of inclusive inclusivity on the runway because in prior seasons, yeah, always a tall, thin model. And that that's really, it seems like their clothes are made for that body type. A lot of them, like it's almost like this would only look good, <laughs> look good on a stick figure. Like, let's be real. Um, but I, it was great. There was more inclusivity this time. Um, and two different brands, which very much were about kind of individuality and promoting that and um, inclusivity and their models. You see with hair and makeup, like it's almost like it was meant to flatter the models um, kind of natural curls or there wasn't like a uniform look. Everything was very individualized, which was great, but I thought it was kind of funny. And I laughed in my head about like their take on individuality or um, yeah, self-expression because in both shows that were kind of clearly promoting that um there was a cowboy <laughs> like a western look and there was like a collegiate preppy look like with the the letterman letters on sweaters and i was like it's like the village people <laughs> like everybody's yeah. like a character and that's their like way to express like we're we're promoting um self-expression but anyway good well, but anyway. speaking of self-expression one of the things i wanted to to ask you is any favorite look or shell that you saw it doesn't it doesn't even have to be on the runway if you saw somebody just walking around anything stand out to you oh my um, god you go first okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna say two i'll say a, a show that i saw that i really thought was cool and and indicative of something interesting was um leonardo fifth avenue uh, they had this really cool show that was all formal wear. Like it was uh, men's and women's like suits and tailoring, but it was all like these super futuristic kind of cuts and colors and materials and stuff. Um, they had like some real Star Wars looking outfits. And then they had a guy who like kind of looked like Dracula with like this long black coat. It just like felt really, I mean, there's always lots of adventurous tailoring, but I felt like this was really breaking out of a lot of like the very kind of even even like a you know even a Gucci show with like crazy patterns, it's still kind of similar silhouettes. You know, when it's a suit jacket or something, there hasn't been a lot of innovation in like blazer cuts. Really, I feel like, um, and so this show just had a lot of cool, interesting takes on formal wear and tailoring. And I feel like that is. Uh, and I talked to the designers afterwards backstage, and they were saying we were talking about the idea that like oh people don't want to wear suits anymore because they just want to wear sweatpants or whatever. And they were like, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of like casualization and and but like 
the solution I think is just to make a crazy suit that like doesn't look like a normal suit and has like this kind of more comfortable material and stuff like that. You know, plays into those those trends we talked about of like comfort plus style. Yeah. Um, and then a, a specific look that I saw that was very like uh, delightful to me was backstage at the Naeem Khan show. There was a guy there. I wish I had gotten his name. So sorry if if you were listening <laughs> to this mysterious man. Um, he was British and it was a day after the queen had died and he was wearing a tuxedo with tails, you know, like the long oh, yeah. back and a Union Jack bow tie and a matching Union Jack cummerbund. Um, he looked very formal, uh, but it looked great. I mean, it just was a very fun outfit oh my gosh, for him I to be wearing. It. So anyway, so that's mine. What, what about you? I mean, I don't know if I'm exactly answering your question, but I think like the most fun capital F fashion was... Um, I mean, I went to the Revolve Gallery, and of course, every influencer is dressed for their Instagram-worthy look because that's what it was kind of designed to be, an Instagram playground. And literally, like, everybody is in platforms. I called it out as, like, the shoe of the season. Like, the Valentino platforms, hot pink. Um, that was everywhere. Uh, and really, yeah, I, I was inspired. You saw, it was interesting to see all the designers' different takes on, like you said, casualization meets almost like back to work. Like, how are we doing this hybrid? Um, Altazara had a lot of blazers mm -hmm. with sneakers. Um, and where I was really inspired was just on, I think, the styling of of looks to make them special or to make them feel fresh, where maybe a lot of the looks weren't in themselves or the pieces weren't the most innovative. But like at Maxwell Osborne's show, like, I was like, I'm stealing that look. They, you know, featured that kind of scarf tied around the neck, like Harry Styles Gucci-esque. And uh, I was yeah. like, that looks really fresh and cute. And like Adam Lippes had the um, almost like a little uh, tie, like a bow at the neck um, that looked very kind of, it added a little bit of femininity to some of the looks that mm -hmm. were maybe like a, a tuxedo shirt. It was just a good mix of like masculine, feminine, which I love. So anyway, I was inspired definitely by the styling, which I think I always have an eye on because it's kind of a way to get the look for less. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And one, one final thing is that I, this is not just specific to New York Fashion Week. I feel like I have seen a lot of new balances out there in like the sneaker and and like larger fashion worlds uh in the last like when did teddy santos take over was that this year or last year oh, whenever he started recently. i feel like he's been doing like such cool stuff like i i'm selfishly i was wearing some new balances when i was out but i felt like i was noticing them in this, the places where i would normally see like nikes or something so there was a lot of new balances out at new york fashion week this this season so shout out to teddy for that that's um, cool. A lot of sneakers. <clears throat> well, it'll be interesting to see which ones, like, I guess, take off. El Tazara, again, had a, a collab with Keds on the runway. Um, mm -hmm. But it wasn't, like, a Keds sneaker. It was, like, actually a chunky, athletic-looking athletic sneaker. Um, oh, interesting. And a Coach, with their individual, um, I guess, what do I, individuality. Um, anyway, a lot, there were a lot of different colored high tops um, and, and kind of chunky sneakers that didn't feel coach-esque. They definitely felt more um, streetwear sporty. Yeah. Okay. Any final thoughts on this New York Fashion Week or the next New York Fashion Week that you want to you get to before we say goodbye? God, what's yours? I think my final thought is, yeah, that NFT, I feel like there are so many, there may be some missed opportunities, like 
branding wise. I'm not saying like give me freebies, but like literally like I always remember my very first runway show that was like Betsy Johnson back in the day. And she just had this amazing huge gift bag that was like, it was like you left and you're like, this is what Betsy Johnson's all about. It was like a huge hairspray and like these like leopard print panties that say Betsy Johnson on them. And it was just like the world of Betsy Johnson in a bag. And just Mm -hmm. like, you know, if, if it's a performer that's really singing the song that you're like, that speaks to your inspiration. I just felt like um, there were still instances where it did just feel like, like you, we talk about with retail where it's just clothes on racks. It's just kind of clothes on hangers and there's more like, or clothes on models. It's more so mm-hmm. things. I think that we'll, we'll, we can anticipate brands doing more as it becomes more about the experience um, to get people to shows post this first season back. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I think we should call it there. Jill, it's always been so fun to do Week in Review with you for the last year, and I'm looking forward to doing another year of it with you. Um, And for those of you listening, if you have not given us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this, please do so. That helps us out a lot. And you should also subscribe because you'll hear Jill and I talking every Friday about Week in Review. And every Wednesday, Jill interviews some cool industry insider, although I filled in for you last time. So uh, I don't think it's, I don't think that's the next episode though. But in a couple of weeks, you'll be hearing me um jill who who is who did you interview recently who's going to be on the next episode next up is loretta Choi. she is from stitch fix um head of merchandising and so yeah she'll be talking all about especially their their play for um plus size customers that market what they're doing that others are not doing especially to help brands go there kind of like an 11 honoree type of a model Got it. Well, if you give us a subscribe, you can hear that episode and you'll hear Weekend Review episodes every Friday. As I said, thank you so much for listening for the last year and we'll talk to you all soon. 